0: Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money. You ain't money no What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots Podcast. I am your host. Mike Hernishan, you can find me on Twitter at WNS, lead Big Ten draft writer for Whole 9 Sports, and Rutgers' second leading receiver from this past week, joined, as always, by my friend Devin Jackson, who tied with me for being Rutgers' second leading
1: receiver this week. Devin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I don't know about Rutgers, not, <laughs> they can't pass the ball, apparently. But, yep, Devin Jackson here, real D underscore Jackson on Twitter. Man, it, it was a week in college football. We had some good matchups. We had some head scratchers per usual. Uh, and we had Michigan being Michigan.
0: Yeah, yes. so um, we'll get into the, the, the previews and reviews later. Uh, you have a quote that you wanted to run by me there, uh, Devin.
1: Yep, so I was watching uh, the Big Ten channel uh, just taking in some of the coaches, you know, press conference, weekly press conference. Uh, and, of course, you know, Jim Harbaugh is up there, you know, defending his team. Say, you know, they played pretty well, you know, even though they almost blew a 28-point lead. But I digress. But anyway, we, we we've you know, we bash uh, Shea Patterson on this podcast and even before we started this podcast. And back to the summer and everything else. Yeah, pretty, pretty much all since, like, June. Um, and then he came out and didn't back up his play. But it gets better here. So Oh, does it now? So he said, th- this is what Jim Harbaugh said about Shea Patterson. They asked him a question about his play or something like that. Uh, Jim Harbaugh said, quote, Shea Patterson has been the best quarterback on the field. Every game this season. Every single game.
0: Fuck. No. No, 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 no. Because I seriously have questions as to whether or not he's actually watched these games. He may have been at these games with Jim Harbaugh on his phone during these games. Because I've had to watch Michigan just about every fucking week. He has been awful. All right. Um, The mid-Tennessee State game. He was bad, but he was probably the best player of that of that uh, the best quarterback in that game. Army, no, and that says a lot when you're not as good as the quarterback from Army who's thrown like nine career passes and is a senior. Um, who else have they almost lost to? Uh, well, Rutgers, it's not hard to be the best quarterback on that field. Uh, I guess Wisconsin, he was the third best quarterback. He was benched and only put back in after Dylan McCaffrey was concussed. So, uh, to, um, to quote the West Wing, uh, no, just be wrong. Just stand there in your wrongness and be wrong and get used to it. That was, what a fucking terrible quote. Pardon my language. Just, just, just terrible. Just Terrible. I, I, I'm about to go Stephen A. Smith on this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is this is possibly one of the dumbest things I think I've ever heard a human being say.
1: Yeah, that was that was the worst <laughs> quote I've seen this season by far. Because, he, man, come on, like he got benched, like that that should be like the stop there of this conversation. Yeah, got, how are
0: you the he, best quarterback in a game when you get benched for, you know, being terrible? Ah, oh.
1: But hey, oh. that, that should tell Michigan fans all they need to know. They should want him out. They <laughs> should
0: want him out. You know what? That I've got an article that's coming out this week. By the time you're listening to this, it may have come out. We're not entirely sure what day. Uh, but I have my hot seat rankings nationally. Now, I have mentioned multiple times that I am not including Harbaugh in those because apparently Jim Harbaugh could get away with murder and still have a job at, at Michigan because like this is ridiculous. They are possibly going to become the like worst nine or ten win team in history. They are terrible yet squeak out wins and we'll get more we'll get into that later. Uh, in other news, Michigan State has had yet another running back transfer. Uh, it was uh, Connor Hayward earlier uh, in the season, and now it's uh, Weston Bridges, the third or fourth string running back. So, um, I mean, he doesn't really have a lot to his name. 16 carries, 53 yards in his career, hasn't played a snap this year. Uh, oh, sorry, he's he's a wide receiver that was a running back. Okay, whatever. So he's a running back turned wide receiver. Uh, he switched to wide receiver this year, and uh, now he's leaving. So I have nothing else to put to that. I, I did not know who this guy was till about two or three hours ago.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know much about him either, so we can go ahead and move <laughs> along.
0: <laughs> so uh, Devin and I actually recorded the podcast and as we were kind of messing around, looking at weeks ahead, we were stumbled—sorry—we <clears throat> stumbled across uh, this tidbit of info. Uh, Rutgers quarterback McLean Carter uh, retires from football for health reasons. He was the Texas Tech grad transfer. He was named the starter at the beginning of the year. Played a game and a half, got hurt, <clears throat> and it came out this uh, in the past week that he has retired due to his injuries. Um, Wish him nothing but the best in the future. Uh, Just more bad news for a Rutgers team that cannot buy a break. So with that being said, let's, you know, uh, again, let's wish McClain Carter the best going forward. Now let's get back to the program as scheduled. All right, let's... um, well, we just finished talking about Michigan State transfers, and uh well, if if Saturday's game is anything to take home, maybe these guys are getting out because, oh my goodness, Michigan State got that ass whooped by Wisconsin, thirty eight nothing.
1: I feel absolutely stupid for ta- for thinking <laughs> yeah. they were, for they for thinking they would even upset Wisconsin. They looked like they didn't even belong in the field with Wisconsin. Uh, Brian i lewerke, told you
0: wisconsin's the second best team in the conference
1: i told yeah, you yeah that they solidified that i'm i am no longer down them unless they play the big boys um <laughs> but anyway i digress anyway brian lewerke made me eat everything that i was preaching about him everything that i was talking about him and i should have known this was coming because he had two straight games that where he was good. He can't have a third. Them's the rules. I just, oh, man. Watching that game, like I said, like, their offense was awful, like, terrible. That <laughs> was the worst thing I ever seen, uh, and it looked like they he did last year when they had his really bad games. Uh, you look at his stats, 7 to 16, 53 yards, 3.3 uh, yards 3 per completion, uh, and he had an 8.3 QBR. Oh boy. Um, and the <laughs> back of Rocky Lombardi came in and he did just as bad. Five and 14, <laughs> 66 yards, 4.7 average, and then a 7.1 QBR. So oh my God. they, uh, they both had a terrible game. Uh, they couldn't get no rushing going. Logic, Elijah, Elijah Collins was pretty much bottled up. I mean, the game was getting out of hand. They, what, uh, they made Wisconsin punt first possession. That was the first time Wisconsin didn't score in their opening drive all season long. Uh, Michigan State went three and out, then Wisconsin went down, scored, forced Michigan State punt, went down, scored. So all of a sudden they're down fourteen zero already. And then you got to throw the ball, and they weren't able to protect uh, Brian LaWorke So it was just a long day.
0: Yeah, I mean that Michigan State offense is bad. It's very inconsistent, and it's it's gone the way of, of Brian. The work it has highs, it has high highs and extremely low lows. Uh, Michigan State, though, on defense, I mean, yes, they gave up thirty eight points, but they they slowed Jonathan Taylor. He did not have the type of game that we're we're used to seeing from him. Um, he, I believe, was held under 100 a hundred yards.
1: Yeah, yeah, he game. was. Yeah. Uh, he had eighty six yards, I believe, rushing. Uh, 80 yards, 80 yards actually. actually
0: 80 yards on yeah. 26 attempts two rushing touchdowns but like to to bottle him up to that degree uh it it says a lot that defense that defense puts in work but yeah I that mean, offense does them no favors that <laughs> offense does them no favors
1: when you're on the field for most of the game I mean you're gonna give up yards it, it's just it's just the rules like you said I mean you can't be on the field for as long as they were the entire game and still expect, I mean, they were on the field for 39 minutes. That's like, Oh, it's like two thirds of the game. (laughs) God, like what, what are you supposed to do as a defense? I mean, you could only do so much. And uh, I said, I talked a lot about Jack Cone, um, the quarterback and he played his butt off. He played really well in kind of the uh, game manager type role. He made some big plays uh, and then Wisconsin defensively, they might be the best defense unit in the country. I mean, statistically, they are. They have four shutouts on the season. Um, but Chris Orr is somebody that has been impressing me uh, this season, the senior linebacker. He has really played well I mean, well this season. I mean, he has a career-high five sacks um, through six games, which is insane. Um, Jack Sanborn as well. Their linebacking core is really good. Um, then you got the edge rusher, rusher, Zach Bond. He had a, uh, Lee had a pick six, um, in the game as well. And he added a tackle for loss, but their corners are really good. I mean, this entire unit, I mean, they're as good as you can get in a big 10 defense and they played extremely well and have played extremely well this season. And I mean, even if Jonathan Taylor struggles with this defense, I mean, they don't allow anything. They're, they've been stifling all season. So to see them uh, really slow down Michigan State's offense that looked like they were starting to get a little bit of a rhythm after, um, you know, they had a really good first half against Ohio State. They just haven't looked anywhere near what we thought they were going to look in this game. And, I mean, even the the ESPN College Game Day folks thought this was going to be a close game, and it, that was yeah. not, a, yeah. not.
0: Um, so that brings me to my next takeaway, and again, this this is coming up in that Hot Seat Rankings article. Mark D'Antonio. Hot Seat? I He's on that list. I have him there. Um, he's in my top 15. I'm not going to say where, but I mean, has the message gone stale? You've got that. You've got the uh, controversy that he's been in on campus this year. Is it time for Michigan State to move on? This has been—I mean—they're successful, but they should really be hanging around with the big boys, and they just got stomped a mud hole in them.
1: It's just so hard for some of these teams like Iowa, Northwestern, uh, Michigan State—they've had their coaches for so long. It's just like it's just a given that they're going to be there forever. You know, um, I think if they get. Seven wins or less this season. I mean, seven wins should be atta- attainable for this team, but, uh, I feel like seven, eight wins just won't be good enough. Um, they may have to have that conversation with him. Uh, not necessarily fire him or look to replace him, but like, look, we, we need something better on the field. We need better product. I mean, uh, Michigan State has been—it's been a few years now. Uh, they made that—I uh, believe they made the first college football playoff, or well, the second one. Um, yeah, they—they uh, they made the second since, one since
0: they've made the, that college football playoff in 2015. They've
1: only won double-digit games once. Yeah, it's—it's been—it's been a struggle. Uh, you might see a, a kind—I of, mean, that's kind of what happened to Les Miles at LSU. Uh, he kind of got in that kind of rut, you know, where he couldn't win double digit games and uh, after you lose to a team you're not supposed to lose to um, and that may happen this year for Michigan State they may lose to uh, I'm not sure of their schedule but they may lose to a team like Maryland or Purdue or something like that just the the way their offense is playing so that I feel like a loss like that a, a, a much inferior team if he were to lose to a team like that this season. Uh, I think he'll definitely get his job uh, taken away from him. But if you know they able to squeak out eight or well eight wins now, because <laughs> eight well eight or nine um, depending on how they do the rest of the year. But I mean they're already at three losses this season, so at best they can go nine and three. So I mean it, it might be something they need to start looking at because he just hasn't performed up to standard after in making the college football playoff in 2015. That's really been kind of their uh, pinnacle. Uh,
0: Yeah, moving on from that game, uh, I had kind of low expectations for this next one, and it was fun. Uh, Penn State beating Iowa 17-12. Low-scoring games can be fun. Um, But at the same time, I think we can all agree the officiating for this game was dog shit. Yeah, it
1: was it was one it was of the worst so bad. It's one of the worst nationally televised officiated games I've seen in quite a while because man, some of these flags were just like questionable and like Penn State. And they didn't...
0: were trying to give Iowa the fucking game. I'm sorry, I'm not a Penn State fan. I'm not an Iowa fan. As a completely neutral party, they were absolutely trying to. To give Iowa the game, and it failed spectacularly. Even though they called back a touchdown, like three straight plays. Oh, just,
1: insanity! Oh my I mean, God! The the first one was warranted; it was a holding penalty. But like the Pat Firemuth touchdown, like how can you overturn that? Like I, I, I'm, they showed like ten angles, and none of them were like conclusive enough to say no, nope, no touchdown. But Apparently they saw something we didn't see, so it, I don't even know what to say about that. It was just, yeah. it was just bad. Um, I don't even want to talk more about it because we we see in the NFL, the NFL was just it's, it's just as worse. bad. Yeah, it's just as worse. bad. Um,
0: what else? Uh, the Iowa offensive line it played better, but I mean I, I still have. Serious questions about Tristan Wirfs and Alaric Jackson. Wirfs had a couple of penalties on him, which is uh, not very good. Alaric Jackson played better. His footwork still looked very sloppy and like he's coming, he still hasn't recovered fully from his injury. Um, I was updating my big board. Alaric Jackson not too long ago was like probably in that like 30, like late 30s to, like, late 40s, he checks in now at, where is he, 78 on my big board. So he's fallen a bit in these last two weeks, man. He has looked, he has looked rough.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's hard to come back from a knee injury, like, in the season. I mean, that's tough, especially for an offensive lineman that depends so much on their leg drive and uh, the ability to push off of their, you know, their front leg, back leg, and generate that power. And like you've been saying, he thrives on generating his power, you know, throughout his blocks, and he just doesn't have the strength, uh, the full strength to do that. And when you're playing like a potent Penn State pass rush that we both said will probably cause Iowa problems, and they did, Uh, it it was a complete nightmare for the offensive line in the second half. I mean – Penn State ratcheted up the pressure so much. There was like literally three, four, five plays in a row. They literally had pressure almost the entire every, almost every single drop back that Nate Stanley had in the second half. It was insane. And literally. last point for this game,
0: uh, I don't we don't really need to spend a lot of time on this, but Robert Windsor, my God. Uh what was it, two and a half sacks? He he was all over the field. It was it was uh, it was pretty nuts.
1: Yeah, like I said, the second half they pretty much wrecked everything Iowa wanted to do: running, uh, passing. I mean, it was a miracle that Iowa scored a touchdown late in the game because pass rush was insane. And, and a matter of fact, on on that touchdown though, Robert Windsor and Uter Grossmatos were both out of the game, so they f- took full advantage of that. But I noticed yeah. that. I mean, Iowa had some had some good had some.
0: Uh... Some good performances. I mean, uh, our boss is a big fan of Amir Smith-Marset and has told us we need to talk about him. And, yeah, he, he played well. He actually made John Reed look pretty rough at times.
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, Smith-Marset, he, he's like their best weapon on their offense. I mean, the running backs, they play okay. I mean, they don't really have the guy. They have, like, a freshman, Tyler Goodson. He had a pretty good game. But uh, Sergeant. Kind of struggled. Uh, their other running back as well struggled. So uh, Smith Marcette has been kind of the, the guy for the offense. I know Brandon Smith made that incredible uh, highlight, real catch over at John Reed. But Smith he he's really turned into a solid receiver. I mean, he's a guy in Iowa's offense that doesn't get a, a ton, ton of catches. But they try to get the ball in his hands. And you saw when he got the ball in his hands, he could make some pretty nice plays. Yeah. Uh, moving on to, uh, we're, we're stuck having to talk about Michigan
0: again, man. Uh, Michigan, Illinois, the ghost of Reggie Corbin. He did he did absolutely nothing in this game. Was it nine carries for nine yards? Um, yeah, that was not something I expected to see. He, he did, like, absolutely nothing. Uh, and then the tale of, you know, Michigan's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde comes up back again. They looked like they had this one locked up and then Illinois started coming back and then they 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 took you know took control of the game again. I just I we're in week 8 and I still have no idea what to think of this Michigan team. I still I should have an idea as to what the hell a team is by week 8. I have no idea with Michigan.
1: You're getting a wild card every single week and it just doesn't make sense. They we got a wild
0: card in the same game.
1: It, it They came out swinging. They came out dominated on the run, you know, with running the ball. Uh, like I said, Illinois can't stop the run. They, they just can't. Uh, that's what it just comes down to. They can't stop the run. And it showed in the first half. I mean, Michigan ran all over them. You had Shea Paris to throw into wide open guys and play action, something we both said he thrives off of. And they finally – had a, a game where they could run the football. So first half, oh, you think, okay, finally, Michigan is finally starting to look like the team we thought they would look like. But nope, second half come, they fumble twice, um, and it becomes
0: – What are they at, like 17 fumbles or something like that? Yeah,
1: it's like, I think they're they like 17 lost fumbles on the season, which is –
0: Which is
1: insane. They just fumble every single game, and I don't understand <laughs> it. Shea Patterson looked rough. He looked exactly like we thought he would look like uh what he's looked like largely of the season. And I, I told people uh, in my review that's coming out, well, it, it should be out by the time this comes out, but don't let the stats fool you. <laughs> just, just watch the football game. I mean, the guy still is inconsistent. Like when he has to throw the football on predictable third downs, he's not good. He doesn't consistently deliver the ball. I mean, he still completed only 50% of his passes, and it's just not enough. I mean, technically, uh, if it wasn't for that rough first half, the the freshman quarterback that's playing for Illinois would have outdoed him. I mean, he had about the same amount of yards, better completion percentage. I mean, it's it's just sad. Uh, Michigan's defense, once again, they continue to get put in tough spots by Michigan's offense. And they just haven't looked – they haven't played a full 60 minutes of football outside of the Rutgers game, and it shows. Because this team, like, they – they'll either start off really good or they'll have a rough start and then finish somewhat strong. I mean, the Iowa game, they started off really good and just fizzled out down the stretch. The Defense took over. I mean, the offense hasn't played – like I said, a, a good sixty minutes of football. So here we are talking minutes, minutes, and minutes about Michigan when we just can't figure out this football team. They
0: have, we spent more time talking about Michigan's inconsistencies than they've spent being consistent. Like uh, moving on to the next game, we we can we can literally breeze through this one as fast as possible. Indiana proving once again that Rutgers is what I put in my article last week. A bye week that hits back. Uh, Watt Fillier, our boy, another strong game. Doesn't score a touchdown, but puts up insane numbers. I believe 170 yards. Uh, another highlight reel catch. Stevie Scott started slow, finishes big. I mean, there's a reason I started both of these guys on my fantasy team. And same with Michael Panix, even though he threw an interception. Here's the big takeaway from the game. Like I said, you and I were tied for second on the team in receiving yards for Rutgers, three players caught passes. Only one had positive yardage because Indiana had one passing yard in the entire fucking game. Two guys had negative receiving yards. Their leading receiver had three catches for four yards. I don't know how that happens. Five of thirteen. One
1: yard. Uh, they <laughs> I don't even know what to say, man. That bro. is the
0: that is the worst thing I think I've ever seen.
1: It's really a miracle they won one game this season.
0: <laughs> they had to face UMass. So
1: <laughs> Whew, man, if it wasn't for that win, this is the easily the worst football team in college football. Like, Kansas would make them look like complete crap. Like they would look, they Kansas would look otherworldly against Rutgers right now, because man, well, they're getting like outscored like ridiculously in conference play. Uh, I, I know put you, up
0: seven points in conference play.
1: Sad, but let's move on because I, I can't stand to talk about Rutgers any longer.
0: Yeah, let's let's. Move on. Um, The other game that we were split on last week, Purdue and Maryland. Uh, I picked (sighs) Purdue just because I just had a feeling that Maryland would do this. Uh, And oh boy, did they do this. Uh, They lost 40 to 14. Give up like 400 passing yards to a backup quarterback. Anthony McFarland had seven yards.
1: I don't understand what's going on with Maryland. Like <laughs> They're being Maryland. Oh, man. I'm playing a team with like their five five best players, and finally, finally, Purdue decides to get Bryson Hopkins the ball. Like, he can't be guarded. I don't understand why they weren't getting him the ball before. I know their freshman receiver, David Bell, is having – Absolutely insane numbers the last few weeks, uh, being the main target. But Bryson Hopkins is a ma- matchup nightmare. Uh, we both agree he's tight end one in his draft. He just he just creates separation, and when, once he gets the ball, he's he's going to get yards after the catch. And there's no safety linebacker in the Big Ten I think that will be able to guard him one on one. And it's just a shame that they don't have their full health because he will be on display. Like people will be talking more about Bryson Hopkins. Had Elijah Sindelar still been healthy, still got Rondell Moore. I mean, he'll have monster numbers this year, and he had monster numbers mm-hmm. last year with a couple of different quarterbacks. And I'm glad Purdue finally made that part of his their offense, getting him the ball, because he, he just can't be guarded. But yeah, Anthony McFarland, I don't know what's going on. Him and Reggie Corbin have just decided to. Check out for the season, I guess, <laughs> because they they both just I don't I don't know how to explain it. I mean they they both just haven't been producing this season. I know Reggie Corbin got hurt like early in the season, but Anthony McFarland looks like they just I don't know if he's disengaged. I don't know if he's there's something going on with between him and the coach. If he's having some type of feud, but like. When I watch him play, it looks like he, he's just not interested. Or his body language is giving off that he really doesn't want to be playing. Because, I mean, they've they gone to Javon Leak pretty much the entire season. I mean, he's getting the workload. I don't know what happened.
0: I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't man. Know. Maryland just does this. Um. Next game, uh, Nebraska and Minnesota, and I just realized I did not actually put the the score in our rundown. So let me just look that
1: one up. Real uh early. it was uh, Minnesota won thirty four to seven.
0: That would be it. Yeah, this was close at halftime, and then it stopped being close. Uh, yeah, Minnesota's passing game couldn't really get uh, couldn't really get going, uh, but that's okay because their running backs are all of a sudden amazing. Because another great game by both of them. We had uh, Rodney Smith, 18 carries, 139 yards and a touchdown. And Shannon Brooks had 13 carries for 99 yards. And then Muhammad Ibrahim had 15 carries for 84 yards and three more touchdowns.
1: Yeah, he had a, He had a awesome... All the running backs had a really good game in <laughs> Nebraska. I mean, ugh, I don't even know... I'm not even going to talk about them because there are no Adrian Martinez... Uh, Wandell Robinson got hurt in the first half so any chance they had went out the door once Wandell Robinson got hurt because the rest of the running backs they're really not that good and they had uh Noah Verdell um and I mean he's he's the backup for a reason obviously but I don't know Nebraska's starting to spiral out of control a little bit here um and I mean, they're starting to kind of like Michigan State offensively. They they just look inept. But yeah, the the Minnesota finally gets ranked this year, this uh, this week. Finally, it only yeah, took, it's, a, it's about time. It only like, took it's, eight it's a,
0: weeks. Yeah, he, they've only just been like you know really good. So
1: you know, but yeah, I mean Tyler Johnson, he had a pretty nice day. Uh, uh, he was really the only one with major receiving yards in the game for Minnesota. But yeah, yeah, the running backs are the story of the day. Uh, Carter Coughlin added a sack to his uh, his stats for the season, and Minnesota wins again. Now it's, it's it should be interesting to see what happens next couple weeks. Is Big Ten West is starting to separate a little bit. Definitely,
0: and you know that. Yeah, let's let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. Let's go into some of these previews. Uh, Ohio State, fresh off of a bye week at Northwestern. Does Hunter Johnson start?
1: It sounds like he will. Uh, I listened to Pat Fitzgerald's uh, kind of uh, weekly press conference, and it sounds like he still has confidence in Hunter Johnson. Uh, And I think a reporter asked a question trying to compare Justin Fields to Hunter Johnson because they were in the same class. Uh, and he oh, they shut that. Not yeah. do that. They need to not do that. <laughs> and he shut that like, down. like at all. Well, comparing the seed like their trajectories, not like as in player comparisons, but yeah, yeah. He, he shut that down immediately. Because uh, I mean, it's obviously different situations, and yeah. Oh, so I, I think he'll start. Uh I might be wrong. I don't know, but I think he'll start just from the way it sounds.
0: Yeah, all right, and then the next one, I mean, we're, we're, we've seen Ohio State, like, run up the score on everyone this year, and Northwestern's got a pretty decent defense. They they kept uh, Wisconsin close. Is it's there like, any chance that this one stays close? Is no. there any chance that... No? No. no. You need With to let this, me finish my <laughs> sentence before no. you said no.
1: <laughs> no. Nah, th- this is not Wisconsin. Um, Ohio State is lethal on all levels and Northwestern's defense is going to be on the field a long time because Their offense is not going to do anything they They haven't done anything all year and I don't expect it to all of a sudden change because they had a bye week And they had a couple weeks to prepare for Ohio State regardless. It's still going to be tough Uh, Ohio State should handle business. I don't see them Having a collapse like they had last couple years, where they lost to Purdue and Iowa by uh, twenty plus points, this should be an easy win for Ohio State.
0: All right, man. So why don't uh, why don't we pick this one? Who you got? Uh, what I got, do you got? Well, I think we we know who we got. But, <laughs>
1: Ohio uh, State, uh, forty-eight to three. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think I'm gonna have to agree with you, even on the score. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, it's it's not gonna be pretty. I'll be nicer. I'll say 41 to three. <laughs> if that's in well, any way nice.
1: Well, I was going to pick something lower, but the backups are really good. So, Master T is going to come in there and, <laughs> and run for like 89 yards. That's a very good point. two touchdowns.
0: <laughs> you got a very, very good point. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Next one up on on the list. Uh, Number six, Wisconsin at Illinois. Illinois hosting another top 25 team. Uh, They've gone more than a decade without beating a a top 25
1: team. Another week that they will go without winning because... (laughs) Yeah. Reggie Corbin...
0: You can't get it going against Michigan. You're not going to get it going against Wisconsin.
1: It's going to be a rough day. He might not even get that many carries because the game is probably going to get out of hand within the first quarter because they can't stop the run. And what does Wisconsin do the best? Run the ball. So this should be a a Heisman highlight real game for Jonathan Taylor. And he should run for at least 120, 125. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm going to say Wisconsin takes this one. Uh, Wisconsin doesn't put up insane points. I'm going to say they take this one. I think they shut out uh, Illinois. I'm going to take this one
1: 31-0. I'll say about the same. Uh, I'll take like 34 nothing. But, yeah, I don't think Illinois scores in this game. <laughs> it's gonna you know what's rot.
0: sad is that we've got through two games and they're both blowouts, and we – Well, thankfully, Iowa is next because, uh, well, we're not going to have to deal with a blowout in this one. Purdue at Kinnick Stadium at number 23, Iowa. Uh, The Iowa offensive line woes. Do they continue against a very lackluster Purdue defense?
1: I think they'll still have a little bit of issue. Uh, Your offensive line issues just doesn't go away. And Purdue showed they can get after the, the passer. On uh, Saturday against Maryland, they made a, a Maryland quarterback uncomfortable all game long. Um, so I think the, I think they'll get a few sacks. Um, ultimately, though, I think they'll be able to run the football here a little bit and take some pressure off of Nate Stanley. Um, but, you know, it goes right into your next point, Nate Stanley versus a, a poor Purdue defense. I mean, they're pretty much decimated with injury. So I expect... Smith Marset to have a pretty good game. Uh Brandon Smith as well. I expect them to have a, a, a pretty good game. Uh Stanley's probably gonna throw for like a couple of touchdowns, maybe a pick. Um and I'll go ahead and pick the game. I think I will win this one in and a somewhat closer game. Probably the close, one of the closer games we'll see this week. Um I'll pick them to win like 24 to a team.
0: Yeah, I mean, Nate Stanley, he, he got his groove back a little
1: bit last week. I
0: think he kind of needed a game like that. Uh, Purdue's defense, as we've seen this year, with the exception of, well, facing Maryland, uh, has just not been that great. Um, I think he's able to avoid turnovers. I think this is the type of defense where he can kind of get back into the Uh, into the mindset of like, you know, taking good care of the football, making smart decisions, not having to worry about making the big play. This is his wheelhouse of playing a team that's not necessarily the strongest. I think the offensive line plays better. I think they've kind of just solidified that maybe they're just not the top guys, you know, uh, at the position. Um, Tristan Worst is now my third ranked tackle. Aller Jackson's like tackle number eight for me. Um, I'm going to take Iowa in this one. I think A.J. Epineza gets a couple of sacks. I think Chauncey Golston, who had a really, really solid first half against Penn State, which we didn't really talk about earlier. Uh, you know, Maybe he gets a couple of sacks as well. I'm going to take Iowa in this one.
1: Yeah, I was just about to add at the end that Epineza and Golston had a, a pretty good game against Penn State. Uh, Epineza finally, he got another sack. And uh, there was a couple of plays he looked absolutely dominant in he was literally walking back uh, Penn State's tackle, uh, Rasheed Walker, and like bull rushing him. and I mean, Ebenezer has those flashes. He just hasn't put it all together this season and kind of been that guy we thought he'd be after, you know, having what, 10 and a half sacks last year as a backup. Um, but Chauncey Goldston, he, he's been somebody that has really played well and really thrived in, in past rushing this season. But we can go ahead and. Move on to the next
0: one. Yeah, uh, next one up for us. I mean, I just have in in, in the rundown, do we even have to say it? It's number 20 Minnesota at Rutgers. The Minnesota passing game hasn't been great the past couple of weeks, but the Minnesota running game has been great. Is this the game in which both decide to show up? And how badly does Rutgers lose this one?
1: The blueprint says you can do anything you want against Rutgers. <laughs>
0: As- you know what? It's funny you say that because, um, oh, what game was this during? This was during Michigan, Illinois. Mark Sanchez on the halftime report. Oh, I feel so bad for Rutgers. They, you know, you know it seems like any team that needs to get their confidence back, they face Rutgers right away. And and they're able to get their confidence back. And Jonathan Vilma goes, I don't feel bad for them at all. You want to get you know you want teams to stop walking all over you. Win some games. (laughs) Well,
1: first they need to hire a coach.
0: (laughs) First they they need to hire a coach. Second, they're trying to win games. They just can't. Like they just can't. They're not good. Um, But yeah, like you know, you want me to feel bad for you? Win some games. Well, like if they won games, John, you wouldn't have to feel bad for them. Like. Uh, uh but yeah this is this is going to be a blowout. Uh I do think that this is the game where the gophers are able to probably throw for for 300 and with how their run game's gone, maybe pass for 300 uh sorry, throw for 300 and run for 300 as well. Uh I god we talking 52 to 7.
1: Are they going to the score? <laughs> That's what I want yeah. to. Uh, Rutgers has
0: has put up seven points in conference play this year, this year this year. All right, that's like what like teams are putting up on them like in the first minute, minute and a half of the game.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> How, Indiana scored on the first play <laughs> of the game,
0: and they're on defense. Like,
1: yeah, I, I think uh, I think Minnesota <laughs> wins this, this one handily. Uh, 49 to zip. Oh my God! The fact that we, the fact
0: that we have previewed what have we previewed? Five games, four games, and three of them we have is just monumental blowouts Says something about this week. This is not gonna be a very fun week to watch. Uh, next, Indiana versus Maryland. Uh, we mentioned Anthony McFarland. He's basically gone a wall since his hot start this year. So will the real Anthony McFarland please stand up? Uh, but I have a question I want to pose to you, uh, Devin. If Purdue whipped that ass,
1: what does Indiana do? Well, the way Indiana's uh, offense is looking, they can't be stopped. Uh, I mean, I think Indiana comes out and makes a statement. I mean, I think we've been – I mean, if, it, if Michael – like I said in some of my previous reviews, if Michael Piddix was healthy – even, like, the Ohio State game, uh, obviously they still would have lost, but that game probably would have been closer because he, he's just been a completely different changer for their offense. I mean, it seems they're like... They're 4-2. Like, a lot of people were picking them
0: to be, like, five, six wins. Like, they could be an eight-win team if we're being totally honest. Like,
1: Yeah, they, they look like they're on the way to make a, a really decent bowl game. And uh, Big Ten West that has really been down this season. I mean, you got Minnesota and, uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Everybody else just looks middle of the kind prime. of flat. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of flat. Uh, uh, we, we, yeah, always, I- we always knew the Big Ten East is like the, you know, the strength of the conference. But Big Ten West is supposed to see some different teams. I mean, hell, Northwestern won the damn Big Ten West last year. And they were like, what, eight and four? I mean, the, the Big Ten West, is, I mean, it's looks like it's all Minnesota, or Wisconsin this year. Uh, Northwestern doesn't look nearly as good as last year. Uh, Nebraska definitely hasn't lived up to the hype. Uh, we know about Illinois. I mean, it, it's rough. Uh, speaking of which, we didn't even mention uh, Illinois and uh, Nebraska will be playing in Dublin uh, in week zero in 2021 uh, mm-hmm. to open the season. And I don't really know how to feel about that because number one is, um, Lovie Smith going to even be there and at Illinois. <laughs> that's the first thing. And number two, oh, two right, years from now. <laughs> and then number two, are either of these teams going to be good? No, there you go. <laughs> but but um, uh, anyway, back to the game we were actually talking about, uh, Indiana, Maryland, I think Indiana, uh, Offense puts on another clinic. Uh, I think Maryland is reeling here. Uh, I think it'll be a miracle if they can get the six wins this year because they just don't look good at all. Yeah. Uh,
0: So who we pick? Well, I think we're both picking Indiana. We still haven't disagreed on any games uh, this
1: week. It's kind of hard, too. (laughs) It really is. It really is.
0: Um,
1: And and I I picked Maryland last week. I'm damn sure not going to pick up again. (laughs) way they perform last week
0: nah that Indiana defense it's it's pretty solid too that not any real standout names but they're just they're a good unit uh, I think this one does stay clo- closer I think this one's probably 34 to 23 I'm gonna say 11 point win I'll go with 31 21. All right, so like it's it's not gonna be a bludgeoning, but it's just it's well. It's, so we think. <laughs> yeah, so we think. We we also thought that last week we were gonna have to see a shootout between Maryland and and Purdue, and we saw well a shootout between Purdue and themselves. Like they just oh boy. Uh, so moving on, I think this is the obvious kickback on your couch with uh, with a cold one game of the week, number sixteen Michigan at number seventeen Penn State. All the lights, night game, gonna be so fun. Are you going to this one?
1: Yeah, I'll be at this one. This is the good old Whiteout game. Oh yeah, uh, one, of, um, one of the the probably one of the top five best scenes in uh, college football. But ooh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those games, man.
0: Um Yeetor versus a very very good offensive line. Like everybody on that Michigan offensive line is gonna be playing on Sundays.
1: Yeah, they uh, you can't fault them for their offensive struggles um, because they've done about what is as good a job as they can do. I guess some of the opponents they played. Um, this is the only one
0: where, if you look at it, you would be shocked that like you 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 know, if you look at the rest of the Big Ten slate from this week, you'd go, "Oh, that's a noon game on the Big Ten Network for sure." Like that. This is the only game where that's not the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they have like three noon games this week on the Big Ten Network. And listen, <laughs> and and a thank- Friday night game. Yeah, the, oh, I forgot the House State Northwestern game is a Friday night game. But man, whew, those noon games—they they got them right this week. <laughs> they got them right because let's get into
0: let's get into the one game that's that, that that's actually worth talking about.
1: Yeah, uh, it's really going to come down to whether or not Michigan can run the ball. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if, if they have to throw it on third and long with Shea Patterson, it's liable to be uh, doomsday for them because it is, it's not going to be a good look. You're playing in probably I, – I I mean, I will argue that this is probably the most hostile environment uh, they'll play in this season. Uh, because they—I believe they play Ohio State at home this year. I believe so as well. Uh, um, oh, go ahead. But man, this is not this is not the week for Michigan to to come out flat because if they get behind or uh they come out strong and then Wayne in the second half. It's going to be really tough to beat Penn State uh in front of that crowd because it from what I heard it's completely electric on Whiteout Night. So. This is a game they're going to come their A game for.
0: So, when you think about this game, since we saw Michigan get just run off the field by Wisconsin, they've had a bye week, then they faced Rutgers, right? Then Iowa, then Illinois. So, like, Iowa was their match, and that was so dull, and we talked about it at length last week. Um... There's not really been a test for them. Now, again, both teams played Iowa very close. Uh, I just, I think Penn State is better prepared. They have had close games with better teams. I think, well, I mean, I, I think we can agree that Pitt is better than Army. And, Certainly. like, Pitt's probably better than mid-Tennessee State, uh, which are the teams that Michigan has struggled to put away this year. Um, I just think that, again, I... The the QB from from Penn State, whose name I am drawing a complete blank on right now. Yeah, Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford. I almost said Tommy Stevens, and that's, that's Mississippi State. Um... Sean Clifford, I have way more faith in him than I have in Shea Patterson. Uh, Looking at this game, I just I I really wish Donovan Peoples Jones was a was a Penn State guy, uh, because then he'd actually get the ball thrown his way. Um, KJ Hamler, I think, is faster than anyone on Michigan's defense. Uh, I'm going to take Penn State in this one. I think it's going to be close. I think that this one could get high scoring, though. I don't know how. That would require Shea Patterson to have a good game. (laughs) I don't think he's capable of it. I'm going to say Penn State wins this one at home, 27-17.
1: I like that prediction. Um, I think I'm going to pick Penn State to win. But for some reason, something's telling me that Shea Patterson is going to play better than expected. I say that kind of questionably because I said that about LaWorkey and we saw what happened there. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, It's like their offense, Michigan's offense really hasn't shown me anything that they're like explosive or, you know, they really have continuity and like you said, they just don't have an identity yet. Um, I just don't know, man. It, it's it's just tough because like you you can't usually they tell you trust your eye, but your my eyes tells me so many different things about Michigan every week. It's like what is where's there to like lean back on. Uh, I think I'll pick Penn State in this one. Uh, I think. Patterson plays well early. I think they'll make a good game plan early to kind of neutralize, uh, Penn state's pass rush. But I think as the game goes along, uh, he's going to show his true colors. Uh, I pick in Penn state to win this one, um, 34
0: to 23. All right. So that, uh, that wraps up the preview. We do it. We send out our, uh, Our money mailbag question, and, uh, well, we got it from our boss, Brandon Olson. We touched on this earlier, but uh, kind of jokingly, he asked, is it true that Shea Patterson has been the best QB on the field?
1: (laughs) And there is your answer. Oh, man, it's it's certainly laughable. Uh, Brandon, I love
0: you. You're a good dude. You signed my paychecks. Don't speak such evil. Do not bring such evil into this universe. Uh, we do not need that. Uh, no, he has not always been the best QB on the field. He hasn't been the best QB off the field, if you've listened to the Chase Winovich interview on uh, Stick to Football from this past year, uh, when Chase Winovich was asked for a word association for uh, Shea Patterson, and the only thing he could think of was next question. Um oh, wow. Oh I, yeah. I'm good at that. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, so sorry,
1: boss. Uh, hard nah. Hard nah. No way. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to spend that much time talking about Shea because 'cause probably- I'm waiting until next year
0: when we can just ha- when we can talk about Dylan McCaffrey and we can probably enjoy our, our Saturdays
1: better, not having well, to watch this
0: embarrassment well- of a Michigan program.
1: Well, it really depends on the coach, and looks like Jim Harbaugh will still be there. He's mismanaged quarterbacks like so much. He really got we're being a thousand percent honest. He really got lucky with Andrew Luck at Stanford. He really got lucky because he's a, he was a generational talent uh, for sure. Uh, and you see the quarterbacks he's had post Andrew Luck. I mean. NFL, Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I mean, you know, they weren't exactly, they played pretty, this is crazy. They all play kind of similar. Like they're bit, just, yeah. they all like kind of game managers. Like they, they're not going to beat you with 500 passing yards or 400 or whatever. They're not going to beat you. Like, and there's somewhat dual threat. Um, well, not not at least for some of the Michigan quarterbacks in the past couple years before Patterson, his some on quote unquote successful quarterbacks, uh, they're all kind of dual threat guys. I mean, we could we could possibly see Dylan McCaffrey against Penn State on Saturday night if things go extremely poor for Shea Patterson, which has all the capability of doing. Also um, true, but yeah, the uh,
0: oh man, yeah. I think some people have maybe thought that I'm a little hard on Shea Patterson, and I think sometimes I'm honestly not hard enough on him. He is terrible. He's not an NFL quarterback. He is less of an NFL quarterback than uh, Taysom Hill, Trace McSorley, Pat White. Um, God, he he sucks. Those guys weren't NFL weren't NFL quarterbacks. Shea Patterson's barely a college quarterback. He's terrible. And I'm, I, I'm just, I'm not having that. I, I don't want to have to talk about Shea Patterson anymore. I hope that Harbaugh finally gets his head out of his ass, and we we can stop having discussions about. Well, is Shea Patterson finally going to have a decent game? Because the answer is the same every week. No.
1: <laughs> well, I got one last question. Oh, uh, <laughs> go for it. But it's not, it's not Michigan relay or anything like okay, that. Thank God. Is there a player in our conference that uh, has impressed you that? People really aren't talking about
0: Sean Wade, man.
1: Sean Wade. This dude, um, I mean Jeff Okuda
0: and Chase Young and uh, you know, to a lesser extent the linebackers, those guys get talked about far more than Sean Wade. He's been playing a lot of nickel this year. I have him listed for the draft as a safety. Um, you know, I honestly think that he has late first, early second round potential. He's a redshirt sophomore, so that could also be a, an, uh, another reason uh, why he's not really being spoken about that much. But I mean, he 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 has locked he's locked down everyone that he's he's coming into contact
1: with. What about you? Uh, for me, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Um, I would say. Probably Chris Orr for Wisconsin. Um, I th- he's a linebacker, uh, senior. I think sometimes we kind of overlook seniors because, you know, some kind of people's thinking is if you're a senior and you have enter- the NFL draft, are you really good enough or whatever. Uh, but he's really engineered this Wisconsin defense. Uh, I don't expect him to be like a first-round talent guy or anything like that, uh, maybe a day two or three guy. But he just – he just is very cerebral. Cerebral. Uh, I put a play on Twitter where he made he ran a delay blitz where I think I don't even think that was a call on the field. Um, he just read what the offensive line was doing. They did pay attention to him, and he like darted through right in the middle of the line and uh, made the play. But he he's been making big plays every game this season. Uh, I think well he has five sacks on the season. It uh, seems like. He's making some tor- sort of big play to really swing momentum or he's just kind of been there, that constant guy in the middle. Um, so I think he's definitely been one to impress me this season. And uh, I don't really see a whole ton of hype or uh, talk about him too much. All right, man. I think that's a, a great place
0: to end it. So, uh, you know, we got a ton of articles coming up this week. Your review is out uh, as the people are listening to this. Um I had a mock draft that came out on Monday eight uh, big ten players in that um, what else I've got the uh, head the head coach hot seat rankings I've got the weekly power rankings there's definitely gonna be a little bit of a shake-up in that um, I've got the preview that's gonna be out probably Thursdays so that we get out for the Friday game uh, and the stock report. So it's going to be a busy week from us here. Uh, but until next week, guys, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Mike Spencer WNS. You can find Devin at Real D underscore Jackson. You can follow the show at Big Shots Podcast. Um, and we'll see you again next week, guys. Take care.